You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hello and welcome to Nick Luck Daily, the show that brings you the latest news and the sharpest insight from around the world of horse racing. It is Thursday the 14th of October. Tom Stanley in for Nick, who is away in Kentucky. I'll be in the hot seat for him again tomorrow ahead of his return from America for Kipco British Champions Day. And that is very much the focus of today's podcast. We will hear from Marco Ghiani, who conducted an interview with today's guest, Cornelius Lyser, yesterday. And that was ahead of him receiving the Champion Apprentice crown this Saturday. We'll hear from Alan King as well, who sends out Trushan at the top of the betting for the Long Distance Cup. Tats Book 2 will get a mention as well. Off the back of a big sale yesterday, we'll hear more on that later on first things first though the jockeys championship well it's getting ever tighter now just two between Oshin murphy and william buick currently fitstairs have it priced up as 8 to 11 Oshin murphy even money william buick cornelius who would your money be on well i i would hate to say that the pod sponsor had got it the wrong way around and in fact it's so tight isn't it that um, that you could you could uh, have a go at either of those prices and not look a fool. But um, Evans William Buick must be of interest. Couple of points to make about William: one, his momentum over the last seven racing days compared to uh, Oshin's. William, I think it's thirteen winners from forty rides over the last seven racing days. Oshin three from 32 admittedly he missed one day uh, when not permitted to ride at Newmarket after failing the breathalyzer so Williams momentum is really striking at the moment and if you look at um, the the amount of uh, the, the the numbers in terms of the amount of mounts that both have on the last two days before Champions Day because neither clearly uh, will want to be going to Ascot on Saturday relying on a winner on the, uh, this magnificent race day, Kipco British Champions Day, in order to win it. So at um, Chelmsford uh, today, the day of recording this, uh, we've got uh, William with seven mounts, Oshin with six. And at Haydock on Friday, uh, we've got William with eight scheduled mounts and Oshin with five. I say scheduled because uh, it's obviously in the back of our minds that three of his Mounts, all three fancied to some extent, were withdrawn at uh, Wolverhampton on Monday. But uh, so the momentum is with William. The amount of uh, material uh, is with William at the moment. And it's it's worth just um, looking at his mounts and seeing how hard his agent is working. Tony Hyde, who's, who's made champion jockeys in the past, he has, um, although William's riding for people he rides or you, you wouldn't be surprised to see him associated with. But uh, at Chelmsford, I see he's running for Gary Moore, um, which uh, is uh, a trainer he wouldn't be riding for very often. Uh, and at Haydock, David Barron and Tom Dascom, uh, two other trainers with whom you wouldn't uh, immediately associate him. Uh, but uh, equally, Oshin's team are working hard as well, riding for Richard Price, won the um, champion hurdle, what, 25 years ago, something like that. Uh, with Flaky Dove, uh, and he's also riding on at Haydock for Stuart Kitto. So, so they are they are spreading their nets. They they definitely have uh, plenty of intent, 
150 plays 148 with three days to go. Uh, the, the betting indicates that it, it is tight. And as I say, you could you could get on one or the other and um, and make a case and not look a fool. Uh, so uh, ultimately, it's it's really lit up these uh, last few days of the season as people anticipate Champions Day at Ascot. But in those few days when uh, uh, um, when uh, very often people are concentrating on A, Ascot and B, the sales that are taking place at Tattersall's in Newmarket at the moment. This has really lit the place up in the same way uh, as uh, I think Seb Sanders and Jamie Spencer battling it out, Paul Hannigan and Richard Hughes and way back and obviously not flat racing. But in the mid 1990s, there was a tremendous duel between Richard Dunwoody and Adrian Maguire to be champion jump jockey in those days. And these championships they people really it's such a simple you know one's going to finish in front of the other it's numbers of winners so it's uh it's pretty exciting and i was watching you on television yesterday uh tom and uh it was clear that uh you know everything was about trying to find the winners at nottingham but also trying to see what murphy was on and what buick was on uh so it adds that extra dimension and as far as the uh, champion apprentice goes well we know it is um done and dusted with Marco Ghiani taking that title. You spoke to him yesterday, Cornelius, for Great British Racing, initially with him talking about the time he enjoyed at the British Racing School. Yeah, definitely played you know, a big part. As if there was an year, um, I probably wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here because my father wanted me to go and study and, you know, and do everything properly. He says they just go and work in a yard without having a clue what I was doing. So they, he sent me there and he quite like it. I quite like it. Um, yeah, they've been great. And obviously this year's high point, uh, well, well, as well as being champion apprentice, a winner at Royal Ascot. Just put into words, if you can, what, what winning at Royal Ascot was like. No, definitely I was just about to lose my claim when I, when I wrote my... First Royal Ascot winner, so he, you know, he offered me lots of doors and he, he pushed me up and it was just amazing. And to think the guy that was once making and delivering pizzas was winning uh, in front of all those numbers at, at Royal Ascot. So, you know, that's that that must have felt personally like something something pretty extraordinary. Yeah, he definitely, you know, I couldn't believe what, until I jump off the horse, what what I've done there, but you know it just was so good feeling, and I didn't want to jump off the horse afterwards. You didn't want to well, jump off it. You wanted well, to stay with it. <laughs> yeah, just want you, to stay you, stroking. I read a quote for you. I often talk to them, and I often ask them to win. So you know you can you really feel you can communicate. Um, I'm not trying to make you out to be some sort of um, um, eccentric, but but you really feel you can communicate with the horses. Yeah, on most of them, yeah, I can. You know, sometimes I just, you know, just wish and you know, probably they're good enough to win, and and they do it. And some of them can't, but you know, it's it's just a thing I just put on my mind that give me a little bit of more confidence. I think now the one that. You might have spoken to on the way to the start, but ended up having this fall that, to which Michael referred earlier on was this Papa Stur at Lingfield in August. It was a crashing fall at 
40 miles per hour towards the end of a, a race at Lingfield. But um, Michael said that you, A, that you bounced in inverted commas and B, that you were smiling pretty much straight afterwards. That must have been quite hard to smile on a situation like this. Well, at first I wasn't smiling, but, you know, I thought I'd snap my, my knees. But actually, after a few minutes, it was fine and I was back on my leg and I was quite happy that I didn't break anything. And obviously, um, despite that, your your champion apprentice, and this whole smiling thing, this whole enthusiasm thing, are you just a are you just a happy person? Yeah, yeah, I can see the point to be sad for for no reason. You know, there is some bad days, but there is also you know, lots of good days. So just keep the chin up and the smile up as well. Keep the chin up and keep the smile up. And you've, you've spoken as well about how your life has changed. You've become a father in, in recent months, uh, little Louis. Um, so that's all been good? Yeah, it's all been good. It's growing up well. Um, he's been on the horse already. So. He's been on a horse already? Yeah. So, so you're starting him young? Yeah, starting young, yeah. On, on my girlfriend Pony, he'd been on it. Oh, excellent. And how, when was he born? Uh, 17th of May. 17th of May. So from the 17th of May until the, what is it, the 11th of October, he's 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 been on a pony already. Yeah, been on a pony, been to the sales, been racing in everywhere. Oh, excellent. Well, he'd be driving to the races before before too long. And what is it, do you think, about Italy and the particularly your part of, of Italy that, you know, these two guys, Dottori, an international star, at Zeni, a, hu- a huge star in uh, across racing in Europe. What, uh, what is it about Italy and, and, uh, and becoming jockeys? You know, obviously, we're not a really rich country. Um, obviously, in Sardinia, we've got lots of horses that, we used to go just and do everything with them, really. You know, you go more, you find easily a horse in your family than a car. So, you know, you just grow up with it. And obviously we are really small, so make it a little, a little bit easier. Um, yeah, thanks for that. And you paid tribute to Stuart Williams's part in in your growth, a very touching um, tweet on, on Twitter saying, basically, I think there was a photograph of you and Stuart, a bit of a hug at Royal Ascot, and you saying that you yeah. owe him everything. That was very touching to see from the outside. So put he is listening, I think, Stuart, but put into words how, um, how, how, how important he's been in your life. Yeah, he definitely, you know, he raised me up since Kumani retired and he gave me my first, my first, my first winner, lots of rides and you know, lots more uh, uh, winners. Uh, you know, and gave me you know a good job. Been really supporting, really grateful for it. Cornelius, what strikes you about this this young man, the champion apprentice Marco Giani, going forward? Well, first of all, skill in the saddle, really strong, uh, and a really good racing brain has tended to be um, in the right place at the right time. It's striking the support he's got for some big names who've got a lot of people to choose from. Uh, they have uh, they've gone uh, to Marco Gianni uh, and his Royal Ascot success 
was uh, for, for Saeed bin Saror, for example. Um, and uh, what else strikes you about him? Uh, his demeanor is really striking. He just has. He, he says he's a naturally happy person and he smiles a lot. Uh, and uh, when it comes to smiling Italians, obviously one thinks of, of uh, one person in particular. So inevitably, the question is, can Gianni be the new Dittori, uh, the, the new Andrea Zeni as well? Uh, and uh, Michael Hills, Derby winning jockey, now a jockey coach who's been uh, close to uh, Marco since, since pretty much the word go. Uh, he believes he can go straight to the top. He believes that uh, being mentored by Luca Kumani initially and then by Stuart Williams has been a massive plus. And clearly the British Racing School uh, has been a big plus as well, because Marco himself, I said to him, um, you know, uh, well, we do know, don't we, that, that, that he arrived in Newmarket really only being able to say, hi, I'm Marco. Uh, and in English. And, uh, you know, his, his English has improved considerably. Uh, his, you know, that he has grown as a person enormously. And I think there is a chance early on, and, uh, and an official was saying this to me uh, earlier this week, that when he was just starting and his English was, was um, pretty sparse, uh, you know, in stewards' inquiries, for example, he was at a considerable disadvantage. But as he's grown, as his grasp of the language has grown, uh, so uh, his success has grown as well. So, yeah, it's uh, he, he is he is doing exceptionally well at at uh, eight, the age of twenty two, and it's also for racing another really and for sport as a, as a whole a really good story to tell. This is a guy whose whose parents had a had a restaurant in um in uh, sardinia uh that he used to a make and b deliver pizzas but he was determined to try and get involved in racing he did that he moved to britain and he's champion apprentice on kitco british champions day now what a terrific story to tell uh and uh, that's hopefully a story that uh, a lot of people will latch on to there's got to be some lines going forward about Marco Gianni, how he always delivers off the back of the fact that he used to be a, a pizza <laughs> delivery boy. Watch the grin. He said he wasn't grinning. I was at Lingfield the, the, on the evening when he had a crashing fall. He was riding a horse that looked as though it had a, had a chance of success, about a furlong to go or something. And he was thrown to the uh, all-weather surface at Lingfield. Uh, and although he said he wasn't smiling uh, as he walked back with a bit of a limp, uh, he, it didn't take long for that uh, for that smile to return, which is which, which is great. And I, I think people will really latch on to him as just a really nice guy. Uh, and uh, he's proved very professional thus far. He's learned plenty from the suspensions that he's got. And uh, Michael Hills, just final note, because I did say to Michael Hills, you know, what, what about the lack of English? And he said, well, to start with, there was a lot of gesturing. There was a lot of grunting and there were always lots of smiles. <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're still enjoying lots of those. He seems a, a guy that's thoroughly enjoying his time of it. I'm sure he'll enjoy picking up the Champion Apprentice title at Kipco British Champions Day this Saturday. That is the 10th anniversary of Kipco British Champions Day this Saturday, where um, trainers and, and jockeys alike and owners will be competing for in excess of £4 million in prize money. One of those trainers is William Haggis Cornelius. And you also spoke to him yesterday. He featured on the Nick Luck Daily podcast on Monday. Anything to update? Well, uh, I, I was really trying to <laughs> nail him down on on how good uh, Bayard is. And um, 
uh, he, he said, you're not going to get me to say anything uh, uh, ridiculously effusive, but it was very striking how he said how the, the horse had really impressed him heading for the, um, the QE2, really impressed him from winning a maiden race at, uh, at Leicester in June uh, to winning a group one in September and now uh, being the, the horse that is being focused upon by many ahead of uh, Kipco British Champions Day. Uh, so um, uh, that was one part of it. The other thing that uh, the, the enthusiasm uh, that uh, he has for Dubai honour uh, which has been supplemented for the champion stakes again that was that was covered in the podcast um earlier in the week but um it, interesting that he'd he'd sent the horse off um uh, for a for a, a bit of uh, tuition bit of a bit of a, a few sessions with laura collett uh laura collett uh who is a uh british olympic gold medalist won a, a gold at the, in the team eventing at, at tokyo uh and she was associated with corto star as well the great steeplechaser uh, the, the horse just they just weren't happy with the way everything was going with the horse and they thought a bit of a change of scenery a bit of change of tuition uh, might be useful and uh, certainly he's come back and he's been uh, a, a different horse since really progressing Dubai honor from from winning handicaps to winning group races and uh, I don't think um, they would fall over in amazement if there was a real big run from Dubai honor in the champion stakes they haven't paid the 75 grand uh, just for fun. Though what was also striking, uh, and again, this was touched on in the pod earlier in the week, but he was even more emphatic, William Haggis, about this, was Alasi. And he loves this horse, Alasi, who goes for the champion stakes as well. So he'll be three-handed in that race. And he believes that too many in the racing media have been been overly rude about this horse. And uh, he would, uh, no, it was not practically a Kevin Keegan uh, moment uh, for, for those who follow British sport, when Kevin Keegan love famously it. said in an interview, uh, I'd love to do that. I'd really love to do that. And I think uh, in terms of, um, of Alasi, uh, William Haggis would really love uh, to, to have a big run from that horse uh, in the uh, champion stakes. So that is, you were pointing this out just before we turn the mics on, Tom, it's quite a challenge from WJ Haggis's team, Somerville Lodge in Newmarket on Kipco British Champions Day, isn't it? And quite, they'll, they'll be fancying quite a lot of that money being turned into to, to haggis currency. I, it, it's frightening firepower that he's sending out to Kipco British Champions Day. You mentioned Laura Collett, who worked with Dubai Honour. Um, just to mention that I'm hoping to have her on the, the, the podcast tomorrow. I'm meant to be re recording something with her a little bit later on today, actually, about what work she did with Dubai Honour. William Haggis also has uh, Hamish in there, who is going to line up against Trushan in the Long Distance Cup. And I spoke to Alan King a little bit earlier on about the horse's chances. I think I think the ground's going to be okay. I mean, he, he, he's still calling, Chris is still calling it good to soft, soft. So, you know, that wouldn't be an issue for him. Um, and even if it dries out a little bit, I, you know, I, I'd be happy enough for that. Um, probably my bigger concern is it is only two weeks since he was in France. But, um, Look, it's his last race of the season, so whatever happens, he's got all winter to get over it. Was there ever a, a doubt after France for you that he he wouldn't turn up here? Well, if he hadn't breathed well on Wednesday, I wouldn't run him. But Dan, who rides them all the time, was very happy with him. So, but I am conscious of the fact, you know, he had a tough race, and it is only a fortnight. But as I say, it's the end of the season, so um, I wanted to come here if we were happy with him, and at the moment we are. He was very impressive in France. What did you take away from that performance? Well, not a lot. It's probably what we were hoping for. So, you know, the ground was in his favour and um, 
he settled very well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's what we were hopefully expecting, really. Mm. I mean, it was two and a half miles. It was, it was testing ground and, and um, you know, he, yeah, I mean, he scampered yeah. away. But that was my one concern. If, if he had been as fresh and as free as he was at Goodwood, I was a little bit concerned the two and a half. But, you know, he did settle well and he gave himself a chance and he obviously got the trip extremely well. You know, the, his last furlong was probably his best, really. Mm. So, so Goodwood, as you say, he, he did race pretty free that day. Um, was that freer than he's been in the past or, or does he always yeah, have a bit I, of that? No, he can be a little bit of that, but I think with Goodwood, you know, you, you go left, you go right, you're up and down. I think he, he, he kept getting lit up every time he sort of went round another bend, you know. Goodwood can do that to them. And he'd only had the two runs, you know, as well. He was a still a, a relatively fresh horse, hadn't run since Northumberland played, so he'd been off for a bit. Um, but I think it's just the, the fact he, he was always on the turn and he just got a bit excited. Mm. I'd just just take you back to, to, to sort of the early part of, of his career. Did you, I mean, he's rated 120 now. He's a, he's a Group 1 winner. Did you always see that potential in him? No, I mean, we thought he was always a pretty nice horse. But um, no, no, you, you couldn't have expected him to go on as, as he has. But um He's just been a natural progression, and probably, I mean, he, he won a, a valuable three-year-old handicap at Newmarket. We thought he was a pretty decent horse, but he was probably his next run when we got the better of um, uh, Williams' horse that runs again. I forgot his name. Hamish, yeah. Hamish, you know, Hamish was odds on, and you know, I, I think they were absolutely mortified when we got the better of him that day. But I think that was the first time we thought, "My God, we've got a right horse in our hands when the ground's in his favour," you know. Uh, for, forgive me, I, I, I often, you know, I, I think with you and, and we, we see young horses with you starting on the flat and, and I think sometimes we say, oh, you know, I wonder if he'll pop over a hurdle or two. Was that ever the plan with this horse and then you changed tack? Yeah, he's been schooled. I mean, he was schooled as a three-year-old, but then obviously we didn't want to go juvenile hurdling with him. And then last year he was he was very progressive, so he, he hasn't seen a hurdle for a bit. Plan is at the moment is to stay down the down the flat route with him. Um, how special is he giving your giving you your, your first group one on the flat? Oh, hugely, yeah. I mean, the horse will never forget. That's a certainty. So it's, you know that's that's right up there with the the sort of champion hurdles and the Queen Mothers. We've been lucky enough to win. So now a special horse. And if we can allow ourselves to, to look ahead, obviously this is the last race of the season, and, and then with these stayers, do, do, do you just sort of know each and every obstacle you're likely to take in next year, ground dependent? Well, it, 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 you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's very much ground dependent. I mean, we couldn't get him started when I wanted last year, last this season. Sorry, we ended up going to Chester Mile Five, really, just to get the ground. And he, he ran really well um, to finish second. And then, of course, we had to miss um, we had to miss Actus and um, York. So it's, look, we just have to wait and have him sort of primed. And if the rain comes, then then get on and run him. And uh, uh, just on the ground. He's obviously won on good ground. Is is it just oh, I anything? Good ground, but, I, I have to, but people get you know saying I don't run him enough. The twice I have taken this horse out this year, it has been proper, good to firm. Mm. You know, I mean, ask it was nine points something on the stick. There was no possibility of running him. York was quick. Mm. I mean, I, I will run this horse on good ground, but I wasn't. I haven't taken him out on good ground. I've taken him out on rattling quick summer ground. It's if there's firm in the going description, then that's different. But good's fine. Good fine, yeah, and I've said that all the way through. You know, you want it Wolverhampton, well, that's equivalent to the good ground. It's not a case that we're worried he might injure himself, of course, with that, but I don't think he'd run to his best. I mean, uh, um, I think Tom Marquand rode him at Newmarket last 
year on good, good to firm. And he came in, he said, if we, we finished third or fourth, and he said, Alan, don't ever run him on quicker, quicker ground than this. And you admire, you know, you respect those boys' decisions, you know, or their advice. Thanks for your time. Best of luck Pleasure. on Saturday. Cheers, Alan. Thanks, Tom. They are obvious chances with uh, Trushan Cornelius, aren't they? Off the back of uh, that excellent performance when uh, last seen at Longchamp, beating Stradivarius four and a half lengths in the Prix du Cadre. And, well, he's looking to hold on to the long-distance cup crown on Champions Day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the race is really uh, intriguing and one to, um, to really uh, look forward to uh, this year. The, what what's um you, you mentioned Hamish so so we're talking in that race we're talking about Trushan uh clearly there'll be lots of chat around Stradivarius there but um the date that uh, I'd remind ourselves of is the 25th of October 2019 and racing at Newbury that day the British European Breeders Fund conditions stakes plus 10 race over one mile five and a half furlongs on heavy ground that Trushan written by William Buick, uh, was successful, carrying nine stone five and beating by inches by a neck, Hamish, uh, carrying nine stone five as well and ridden by James Doyle on that particular uh, occasion. So so um, interesting that Hamish uh, should be there, part of this very strong firepower for William Haggis, owned and bred by his his dad, Brian Haggis. So uh, there's, a, there's a family connection to Hamish as well. And uh, he was telling uh, the, the media yesterday that when beaten by Trushan, uh, they were absolutely devastated uh, because it was only a four-runner race and uh, things probably didn't work out entirely in Hamish's favour uh, in terms of the way the race was run. But they were devastated that day. Then clearly Trushan has demonstrated himself to be really good. But Hamish hasn't really had that much opportunity to demonstrate what he is because he's been affected by uh, injury. He only returned to the race course uh, the other day at Kempton in the September stakes, beating Hookham has subsequently won in good style. Now, typical Haggis, uh, feet on the ground merchant, not getting carried away by that bit of form, didn't believe Hookham was quite on his, uh, uh, on his best uh, form on that particular occasion. But clearly Hamish is a big player as well uh, in that long distance cup. Uh, and we've, we've mentioned uh, nine, um, I think it's nine runners the Haggises are planning to have uh, on Champions Day. Uh, they're in the 140s in terms of numbers of winners uh, for the year so far in uh, Britain. They've got a really busy uh, time with domestic runners, with Champions Day runners, with American runners, with uh, French runners as well over the next few days. So that gives an idea of exactly how deep the deep end in which they're sailing or swimming is. Um, and um, uh, he lies, I think, sixth in the Trainers' Championship at the moment. The Trainers' Championship in Britain doesn't, slightly confusingly, doesn't end uh, like the jockeys on British Champion Day, Champions Day. It goes right the way through until December the 31st. He lies sixth with £2.9 million. Uh, the leader's Charlie Appleby with £4.3 million. But were his big players on Kipco Champions Day uh, to perform, uh, then clearly he'd be right in there at that. He, of course, brushed that off in our, our chat yesterday and instead <laughs> instead said, well, Andrew Balding, who lies second in the table behind Andrew, uh, behind Charlie Appleby, and there's about three million between them. He said, he doesn't often cheer me on, said William, but he'll be cheering me on like mad 
against Charlie Appleby uh, and uh, everyone else on um, on Saturday. So it's yet another dynamic to a, a really good day. It's the 10th birthday, the 11th staging of Kipco British Champions Day. And I think they've got, with the runners they've got, um, great pity Starman doesn't run in the sprint, but we know why. And a pity that Poetic Flair won't be there, there either, but we know why um, as he's off to Japan. But uh, they, they've got... Um, they've got uh, the Jockeys' Championship to look forward to. They've got the horses, some spectacularly good horses from around Europe uh, lining up on Champions Day. And it looks as though they've got the weather as well and the weather in the lead up. So the ground is going to be sort of around good to soft, somewhere like that. The weather forecast, admittedly, the weather tipsters uh, are, are not always right, uh, as we discover in Britain at the moment. But the weather forecast is is pretty good for Saturday as well. So all in all, uh, this day featuring uh, the champion stakes and the Queen Elizabeth II stakes, the most valuable mile race in Europe, it is really set up. And if you want some help finding winners, there is a Champions Series uh, preview on the Champions Series Facebook channel tonight at 7pm with a, a stellar crew amassed picking their way through some uh, some brilliant races that are going to take place on So do you access Saturday. that via YouTube? Uh, you do, I think you do it on the Facebook channel and on YouTube as well. I, I think you right. can probably do oh, so. Look, look, look forward to that. Yeah, 7pm that is tonight. All six races at Champions Day covered. Now, Tats Book 2, which is ongoing, of course, at uh, Tassels in Newmarket, up the back of Book 1 last week. And some news that John Foley of Ballybelaine Stud landed a touch when his time test cult proved the star turn of Wednesday's concluding session. At 400,000 guineas, having been sourced from the National Stud at a cost of 56,000 guineas during last year's December foal sales. The horse was bred by Richard Moses and Joe Callan, and Joe joins me now. Joe, very well done. Tell me about the journey you've been on with this colt, first of all. Yes, it was an incredible result yesterday. Um, he's an absolute stunning colt. You know, he's always been that little bit special, and um, we've always loved him. And, and, you know, we saw them as a foal last year, and I couldn't be more happy for John Foley and his crew who bought him and had the amazing results yesterday. They did an incredible job to get him where he was, and he looked amazing. And, you know, he was kind of the talking horse of the complex. So, you know, we're, we couldn't be prouder and more delighted for him. Now, I suppose it's it, it's um, doubly sweet in a way for you because, of course, you, you bred the horse and you're also part of the National Stud who, who stand time test, who's having an incredible year himself. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a double great result for me from, from my perspective. And, you know, first of all, from the Dutch perspective, it, it's amazing. Time Test has just had the most incredible year. He's had five stakes horses from, you know, only 28 runners. Um, it's phenomenal statistics and they're absolutely stunning. And he's he's the most amazing horse. And we always have great faith in him. And the team here has also put so much into him. And to see him come to fruition this year... You know, we, we couldn't be more happy. And, you know, this, this cold particular, yeah, so I, I was very lucky that I bred him with a gentleman from Wales. Um, it was a funny story, really, that the mayor was actually practically retired um, down in Wales and she was living with Richard, Richard Moses. And um, we struck a bit of a friendship there through a few things and, you know, came across the mayor and I said, sure, you know, we, we, we said we'd give it a go with time tester, but massive fans of him, obviously, and he was resulting progeny. And um, the mayor went four years without a full, and the dam of Harley Queen was placed in the Irish and English Oaks a few mm. years ago, and she went four years without having a fall, and this is the first fall in four years. The yearling now, and we have a nice golden horn fall in the ground as well to sell this year, and, and she's back and forth to time test. So, you know, it's a great result for everybody. 
So, I mean, in some ways, I suppose this was close to never happening. Because, so she was she was retired, was she, effectively? Yes, yeah, she was. She was retired. Richard said, you know, she she went four years without it and that was it. And, you know, I knew that we have the most amazing team of people here in the National Stud. We have incredible vets around. Um, you know, so I said, look, why, why don't we give it a go? We'll bring her up here and cover her here and see what we can do and hope for a bit of luck. And um, the, at the time, the, the vet, he's, he's now he's now in Australia, Sean Fine was a very good friend of mine. I'd known him for years. He was an amazing vet, like like the, the whole team in NEH and Rossdale, of course. Um, but yeah, so we, we gave it a go and it worked out for the best. But we couldn't believe our luck. You know, we went to actually cover her. We said, you know, we've nothing really to lose. But um, one thing, time test is the most fertile stallion. You know, we knew that. Mm. Um, so we said we we knew we had a bit of a chance but we had nothing to lose but yeah we said we'd give it a go and we did it and thankfully now we're in the situation I, I suppose and maybe that, that four year break did the mayor some good and at what point Joe did, did you think hello this, this this might have paid off how how soon in, in sort of you know in, in when he was a foal anyway did you think we might have quite a nice one here yeah so <laughs> That's exactly, I, you know, I firmly believe, as I said, a few years off, the, you know, for the mayor, definitely, definitely helped. Um, he was always an absolute stunner, and I, mean, I always thought I was being biased. But then Angus Ryan here in the stud, you know, he's been a huge part of this. Um, he kept telling me, you know, he's like, it's the best fall we have here on the farm. And I was like, oh, you know, you're, we're losing the run of ourselves here a bit. And I mean, absolutely loved him from day dot. And we brought him to the fall sale. And, you know, we had a price in our head and I met that price. And we were absolutely delighted, and we still are. And, you know, it just finishes off the story for everybody, the result that John Foley and his crew got yesterday. Yeah, well done to John, and well done to, to you and Richard as well. It's a lovely story. And, hey, I, I look forward to, to, to siblings in future years now. No, absolutely, yeah. So, instead of the Golden Horn Foal, um, <laughs> we're in two minds, you know, more than likely he'll come here in December sale. Um, that That's the plan anyway. And then she's in for the time test. So we're looking forward to seeing, obviously, this guy hit the track and some of the progeny hopefully to come in the next few years. Cheers, Joe. Well done. Thanks for being time. Bye-bye. And it'll be very interesting to see what that horse, the colt, the son of time test, does on the track next season. Talking of sales and stallions, time to remind you about Oscar Performance, the stallion standing at Millridge Farm by Kitten's Joy out of theatrical mare Divine Actress, was a grade one winner at two, at three and at four, was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Champion and at four years of age set the world record at a mile on the turf at Belmont Park of one 31.23 and all races were won without any race day medication that is stallion oscar performance standing at millridge farm kentucky right the entries are in for the 2021 group three bahrain international trophy they feature amongst others the very exciting darley stakes winner mostada from newmarket last weekend he gained an automatic automatic entry for winning that um, darley stakes there are also six group one winners entered in this field for the 2021 Bahrain International Trophy. Delighted to say that joining me now on the line is Sheikh Salman bin Rashid Al Khalifa, who is the Executive Director of the Rashid Equestrian and Horse Racing Club. Uh, Sheikh Salman, thank you for joining me. How happy are you with the quality of entries for the race this year? 
Thank you for having me, Tom. Um, we're, we're thrilled with the high quality level of entries we've received. Um, the, um, the confidence showed by the top trainers in the world um, in our race is fantastic. Um, I, I think uh, we've noticed a great uh, jump in quality um, of horses from, from last year. Um, and it's really nice to see that we have gone from 46 entries in 2019 to 61 in 2020 and now 78 in 21. Proves the confidence that connections have in racing in Bahrain. Um, the, of course, horses, the likes of uh, Mustafa, who um, um, won the Darley Stakes at Newmarket on Saturday, um, which was, um, uh, yeah, which gave him a, a guaranteed place in the race. He has only been beaten once before, and it was great to hear that John Gostin um, was keen to run him in Bahrain. Uh, another thing I would like to mention, I mean, in comparison to last year, um, you know, given the strength of horses running a Champions Day, uh, Britain's most valuable race day, it's amazing to see that 11 horses set to run on Saturday who are also entered um, in the Bahrain International Trophy. The uh, main mile and a quarter race will have, of course, Dubai Honor, um, Fox Tales, and Yukon Glen. Uh, two horses, um, two Aidan O'Brien horses, will run in the long distance uh, champions uh, stakes. And Lord Glitters will be participating in the QE2. Um, it's, it's extremely exciting. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a clear jump in the quality. And, and I think um, uh, we've attracted a more progressive field. Um, the likes of, of um, Real World and, and other horses that are, um, you know, that are progressing and, and I think will go on to win uh, even bigger races are participating. Um, other, um, if, if um, you know, to mention the six Group 1 winners entered, uh, both um, Thundering Knights and Lord Glitters won their races in 21. Um, other notable entries like Barney Roy and Desert Encounter are um, in the race. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's extremely exciting. And I, I remember in, in 2019 was there when when Royal Julius won. Um, there was there were great celebrations there um, with with the French winner. Um, there was um, delight at the the quality of that field, but also the belief and the hope going forward that the race would attain group status, which it has, and also grow um, with the with the quality of horses that wanted to come out and take it in. That has definitely happened now, Sheikh Salman. Just just looking at the the quality that is there, and also growing this year the. the fact that there's a, a 10 race series now or a 10 race day series tell us a little bit more about that yeah the, the, it's, it's really exciting uh, times um, for us um, I mean and for horse racing in Bahrain our new Bahrain turf series which is open to international runners will consist of 10 um, 50,000 handicap races open to horses rated between 85 to 100 um, the the uh, first race will will start on the uh, 10th of December um, and um, lasts until the beginning of March. Um, yeah, and, and I think you know we've got uh, very positive feedback from uh, 
uh, top trainers wanting to participate. I think it's a great product, it's a great timing, um, and I think um, it's a great opportunity for trainers who would like to experience other racing jurisdictions during that time. Yeah, and I think actually the the minimum requirement of being rated 85 and above is, is very sensible. It, it, it means you've got to have good quality horses, but also doesn't price horses out the market, if you like, and means that you can get those progressive horses from around the world competing and hopefully progressing through the series. Thank you very much for, for joining us and uh, really excited to see those entries. Sheikh Salman, thank you. Thank you very much, Tom. Cornelius, all that remains is for you to send us away with a tip. Are you, are you going today? Are you going Kipco British Champions Day? I think I'll go today. Um, and uh, I know that um, Chelmsford doesn't get a mention every single day of the week when, when the um, NLD pod uh, is going. But um, I think we can give uh, Chelmsford uh, uh, a very good mention today. The Buick Murphy bandwagon rolls into town uh, for the racing this afternoon and uh, or this evening, I should say. And at 6.30... Uh, they are on horses. Um, Williams on a horse called Ramadan uh, for Syed bin Saror, and Oshin's on a horse of Jamie, trained by Jamie Osborne, called Notions. Uh, and uh, they're pretty hard to split uh, in the early betting. And but I just feel that um, the way Jamie Osborne's horses are running at the moment, running really well, uh, and um, uh, this horse made. Uh, has run just the once, finished second. That was at Windsor a couple of months ago and ran pretty pretty well. So uh, number three notions with Oshin Murphy riding in the 6.30 at Chelmsford is the uh, tip for today. Cornelius, thank you very much indeed. That is it for today's Nick Luck Daily. Thanks to everyone at home for listening. Join me again tomorrow on the Eva Kipco British Champions Day. And don't forget to rate us, review us, and of course, subscribe, making it easier to listen each and every day. Bye for now. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.